chasing hard at the 200. Then came further back was Rosebuds and Mulish Madame, but halfway up the straight, it's in front. Gross's plane, listen, is trying hard, but Gross's plane pulling out plenty, and Gross's plane gets home. Then came around the outside was low altitude. Next one is Asher running on. Further back, Toffic Tock as they swing the home turn. And out in the centre of the track, going to the lead is low altitude. Fighting back the inside, then came Bow Trooper. They settle down to fight it out. Wider out, then Asher running on. It's in the centre there, low altitude in front, and low altitude will take it out. There's a narrow leader. In second, under pressure is Foxtrot Mo. Switch to the outside. Gwenny Begg is going to be the fresh horse on the scene. Gwenny Begg moved up on the outside, grabbed the lead from Izzy looking good. Late is Costa Mayer, but in the run to the line, a soft victory for Gwenny Begg. Well, there it was, a treble for Georgie Boucher from Cooma at Hinamunji on Saturday. How do you get from Cooma to Hinamunji? I guess you drive over the roof. Uh, Georgie Boucher is going to tell us how she did get there as she joins us. G'day, Georgie. How are you? Not bad. I actually live in Jindabyne. Well, actually, 30k south of Jindabyne. And Cooma is just my local track, which is about an hour and a half away from my house. I once drove, here's a story, the, the kids and the, the wife and I were in Jervis Bay and the weather was foul and we thought we'll just drive to Bright across the roof and we'll, and that won't only take about five or six hours, it took 12 hours to get from Jervis Bay to uh, Bright, so I'm imagining getting from Jindabyne to Hinamunji is a bit of a, a steep up and over that uh, and a windy one that takes a bit of time. Well, yeah, we actually don't go up and over. We go down and then back up. So we go down through the lower snowy, then black up Black Mountain and across the limestone road. So dirt most of the way. And I think we worked out that it's actually under 200 k, but it takes us about four hours. <laughs> so it takes about the same time as it does from Melbourne. Yeah, but and- we're only about 200 k's away. <laughs> it's not very far at all. That's no. why I do... The, the, the Buck and the Hinamunji and I will maybe try and get to Swifts Creek and I also well, I went for a drive to Dedarang because I had to leave a day early but <laughs> So you stick to one side of the range basically Yeah, so because I mean, although I'm in New South Wales I think we are only about 70 k's away from the border so we're not that far away from Victoria it's just such a different feel at the, the far-flung, up-in-the-mountains courses, a different type of a crowd and a different feel and so on. Do, do you love going to those up-in-the-mountains meetings? Oh, yeah. That's like, well, that's why we do it. I mean, you definitely don't get it, go there to become rich. So we, we leave on Friday afternoon after we finish work and we go down there. The calf sales were like the week before, so the, the cattle yards are eaten out. We chuck the horses in the yard, go to the pub for the night get up in the morning and um, <laughs> and then like the night after the race just find a yard that they haven't eaten out and yeah it's all go back to the pub again it's just it's like turning the clock back 150 years isn't it uh, finding a vacant yard and then holing up and heading off to the pub and so on just on the we all, we talk a lot on this station about the uh, the Victorian picnic circuit and how wonderful it is but you sort of uh, you're on you're both sides of the border what's the picnic scene like on the New South Wales ACT side of the range? So for us, only this year, New South Wales have actually put the prize money down to sixth place at our picnics. Um, we used to get first, second and third, and if you come fourth by a quarter of a whisker, bad luck. Um, but for me, our closest picnic is Yass, 
and then Crookwell. And that's, you know, three, four hours drive anyway for me. And so we have a lot of non-tabs around here, though. Uh, Kuma has a non-tab. Bombala has a non-tab. Adaminabi has a non-tab. Uh, we have a few at Tumut. I think Tumut have four race meetings for the year. Um, Tumbarumba, uh, Braidwood. So we have a few non-tab meetings around, which, you know, can be quite strong anyway because we're so close to Canberra. That's right, and there's a difference between the non-tab and the picnics as such, isn't it? Just with yeah. the picnics themselves, uh, the prize money had a little creep up here in recent times to make it attractive enough for them to keep going, the participants, but not so attractive that the big stables started dropping in as well. Is New South Wales and ACT compared to Victoria, what's the best offering at the picnics? Um, I think you actually, if you win, I think it's about $5,000 to win a picnic, which means if you're at Yass, which is only an hour's drive or whatever away from Canberra, you do get all the Canberra trainers drop in. Because I think our non-tabs are only about 7000 to win. So there's not a huge difference, is there, really? No. 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 Hey, did you head up there? What did you take? A, uh, you had to take a truck, didn't you? I haven't seen a three-horse no, no, no. float. No, we, we, um, I have a, a, a three-horse float. And, right. yeah, like me, my partner and a friend all piled in and and off we went. And I, I normally try and, like, if I go that far, I normally try and fill the float. I did go to Dedarang a fortnight ago. Luckily, my dad lives over there now, so I just went over there to see him for the weekend. But I only took two because I had a couple of mares that decided they couldn't possibly travel together. But um, I've got over that now, thank God. Um, so, yeah, I normally try and try and fill it up. I do only have three in work at the moment, so that makes it even funnier. <laughs> well, three horses in work and three winners. Gross's Plain, Low Altitude and Gwenny Beg, $2.85 and $2.30. Did you go there thinking you were going to clean up? Um, I went there with high hope for Gross's Plain. She's been very consistent this year. She's still, I'm beginning to think she might now know what she's there for. Um, she's just been quite unlucky. Like, we, you know, she'll come second by half a head and be in the stewards report and stuff like that this season. So she's been quite unlucky. Um, she's very versatile. She can go from 1,200 metres to 2,000 metres. We'll still keep plugging away. Um, and then low altitude was a big surprise. He does not like hard tracks. Um, so it was a big surprise. So I, I've got to the point with him this late in the season and now the tracks have all got so hard. Is is he fit enough? Have I worked him enough? And then Gwenny Begg, I was reasonably confident. Well, about as confident as you can be. You know, this, everything else can happen. She is a very handy little horse. Uh, my biggest query with her was whether she could carry 68 kilos. Big query, big query, but yeah. she did, she did. Hey, um, do they get dizzy going up those windy roads? Do you have to be mindful that, you know, because I know with kids, you know, when you put the kids in the car and you go over the roof and there's always a stop where they have to throw up or something. So what's the story with the horses up those windy roads? Um, I, well... I think because we're, we live where we live, they're just used to it. They're just used to the windy roads now and whatever. Because, like, yeah, I can't get onto a good freeway until I'm the other side of Canberra 
or, you know, the other side of the mountain type of thing. So I'm pretty sure they're, they're used to the road. Although, as I was saying to a couple of the trainers down there, I do, especially because there's so much dirt that we have to travel on, um, we do try and get there the night before. These three now are pretty good at travelling and when we get to wherever we get, they eat. Um, you know, they, they're used to, oh, OK, we're here now, let's just eat our dinner. Um, and, you know, so their head's down and all the dust gets back out of their nose and all that sort of stuff. I think it would be a big ask to travel that morning and expect, because, yeah, they were covered in dust. Like, uh, hey, hey, Georgie, <laughs> should everyone do one of these road trips. I mean, racing has so many different entry points for different people. A lot of people are very much top end of town and Ramwick and Flemington and all that sort of thing. But is there anything more engaging uh, than doing what you did to go to Hinamunji? You get a crew. I'd speak to Tori Kilgour a fair bit. And it's just a rollicking trip with mates and stopovers and so on. Is there, is there any more magnificent um, display of horse racing at its best than, than, than what you did and what you're able to achieve on the trip to Hinamunji? Well, I don't even know whether you need to be a trainer or whatever, but I think everybody needs to go to the picnic races. Like, the atmosphere at picnic races or, you know, any of our, you know, country races where the whole community stops for the day for their race meeting. And, like, everybody needs to see that. I mean, you can go to Queanbeyan or Canberra or Goulburn or whatever now to a race meeting and there might be, you know, other than staff, trainers and staff, you might be lucky to get 10 people in the crowd. Now, the picnics is the shop window, isn't it, if you want to sell it? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, like, I mean, it's just such a fun day. And, you know, like from the race caller, keeping the kids entertained all day and, you know, all those things just make the day what it is. Makes the day a day out for everyone, not just, the, you know, the gambler. I don't spend money. I don't put any money on my horses. I spend enough you to get should a have on sa- You should have on Saturday. <laughs> well, there was a lot of people that did come up to me in the pub afterwards and were very happy, and I did have to remind them, well, next year when they don't win, don't be telling me that no. you put money on my horse and it didn't win. <laughs> hey, what's the Hinamunji pub like? Well, it's, it's the Banambra pub. Banambra. Unreal. It was overflowing. It was unreal. Um, they had meals going, like it was just like a, a pick of three things that you could choose from for the night because they were so busy. They had a band. It was great. Hey, Georgie, what else? Uh, obviously, you have to supplement the income. What's, um, what do you do? What's your day job? My, my day job is actually I have the contract from, for Australia Post to deliver the mail and the parcels in Jindabyne. So I, I am the town stalker. Are you the one on the motorbike who goes from door to door? Um, I employ the person that rides the motorbike that goes from door to door, yes. Nice. I do parcels <laughs> and I just I see everybody to make sure they do their do- job properly, which they all do, I must say. And <clears throat> my partner and I also own the, um, the butcher shop in Genderbike. Wow. Hey, when do you get your first fleck of snow? When is that due? Oh, could have some tomorrow. No, it's not cold enough. It Normally we get, well, I mean, I get snow at home, but it doesn't lay very often. We normally get one or two snowfalls at home that might be a foot or so of snow over winter. Um, and Jindabyne's about the same. But our winter 
is yeah is cold and wet and frozen and um, so I think it did snow and it did snow to Jindabyne in December. Yeah, no, it's we, it's done it out of season. There's no doubt about that. Hey, were you there when they filmed the famous film Jindabyne? That strange film, yeah. Yes, it was strange. How was that received in the town? The film Jindabyne. Um, because that was quite a while ago, and our town has most probably tripled in size since then. Um, so yes, and well, when everybody went, they all just come out of the movies, just going, "Well, that was just the strangest movie in the world." <laughs> if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, it is very quirky. I was always wondering how, because it would have been. Uh, a major event in the town when they filmed it, and I always yes. wondered how, how when everyone went to the town hall, how uh, well received it was or wasn't. And you've already answered that, so yeah. Yeah, and and just recently, uh, a couple of summers ago, because it was still drought, they filmed uh, The Drover's Wife in the area as well. Right. So, and, and then way back in the day, when they filmed the... Mexican part of, or the South American or wherever Farlap raced, when they did the overseas part, that was actually filmed at Adam Inovic. It was. Gerald Egan yeah. was the, uh, the was, I've seen all the photos of the, uh, yeah. of the, uh, the, the theatre, the, um, the setup there, so it was very interesting. Hey, Georgie, you're a character. It's been great talking to you, and we're going to Swift's Creek, so I look forward to seeing you there. Well, hopefully. Hopefully, hopefully. It's, it's a month to go, and you know yourself. They can do anything to hurt themselves. Uh, exactly right. Well, hopefully we'll see you there. Good on you. It's been great fun having a chat. Okay, thank you.